Chapter Twelve of Saint Rose of Lima, the Flower of the New World. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Michelle. Saint Rose of Lima, the Flower of the New World by Florence Mary Capes. Chapter Twelve: How Rose of Saint Mary Died. Vene sponsor Christi, Acipe coronum, quam tibi dominus, peparavit in eternum. Magnificat antiphon for common of virgins. Eight years, or if we accept the earlier time of her taking to the hermitage, ten years passed over Rose de Flora's head without any outward change in this hidden life of combined prayer, penance, and charitable deeds its inward change consisting only in progress from grace to grace as every fresh temptation or difficulty was triumphed over this private domestic lot limited to an outwardly narrow sphere of duty which the divine will had appointed for her was by no means entirely in accordance with her inclinations she craved intensely to preach to idolaters and is said to have constantly grieved that her sex prevented her from being a priest and a missioner to the heathen whilst her ardent spirit would gladly have undertaken some widespread outer work for promoting the love of god among her fellows had he only seen fit to grant her some such special privileges and opportunities for an apostolic life as he had given at times the women saints hence her hearty acceptance the lot that her creator had actually chosen for her formed one of her most heroic victories over self and no doubt dependences she offered for the conversion of pagans all over the world were amongst those that she endured with the greatest joy but now a change indicative of the great change from time to eternity was to come to rose's life when she was eight and twenty she became seriously ill and everybody thought she was going to die so much so that her confessor actually said the prayers for the dying by her side exhorted her to final acts of contrition and submission for the saint knew this was not her last illness for long ago though she had never told any one god had revealed to her the time of her death so she roused herself to tell her family and friends who were weeping round her as she lay in a state of exhaustion that she was not going yet for the time had not come very soon her words were proved true for she rose from her sickbed in spite of the doctor's predictions but though she lived to remain on earth some little time longer her bodily strength was nearly gone, and from this time forth her confessor forbade the use of her sharp couch in order to take more sleep. He gave Marie de Flores leave to pull the penitential bed to pieces, and we may imagine the satisfaction not unmingled with awe at her holy daughter's perseverance, with which her mother carried out the task. She put a mattress into the box in place of the stones and wood, but Rose thought this was going too far in bodily indulgence and insisted on having a bit of carpet thrown over some rough planks for her bed however she was not to have much more of her mother's care or authority for almost immediately after this illness she had to give up her hermitage and her parents home altogether for some cause unexplained it may have been simply at their own request which the saint and her family granted in return for the many kindnesses of the damases to them or possibly from an idea that the hermitage was no longer fit for her state of health rose went to live in the receiver's household for the rest of her life gonzales and marie too had a family and being rich of course a good house and plenty of servants 
but rose lived amongst them to their great edification as simple and hidden a life as she had done in her own cell she did not even leave off working they gave her as she begged them a tiny room in the roof for her own where she could pray and do penance in the daytime and where she kept out of the way of all visitors and very often she would creep down at night for penances and meditations to an underground cellar in which she locked herself it was whilst with the damases that several of her worst combats with evil spirits took place both in the cellar and in the garden where she also sometimes prayed having no longer her mother to obey she transferred her obedience to not only gonzales and marie de massa themselves but their whole household obeying the least wish of children and servants as humbly as if under a vow to do so she loved the de massa children and did all she could for them and kept up her bright sweetness with every one as she to some extent recovered from the immediate effects of her illness she treated her body again more and more as a slave rejecting even her plank and carpet bed for a hard stool on which she slept sitting sometimes just leaning her head against the wooden crib of the youngest damasa child always kneeling upright for her long hours of prayer and standing when she worked during the lengths that she spent with this family she persuaded her confessor to let her make up a sharp couch like her old one again to use through the penitential season and sometimes she got leave to pay a short visit to her garden cell at home which had been a terrible mortification for her to leave her fast remained as before or even increased for her director had now given leave for her to receive her lord in communion every day so that the constant supernatural support frequently enabled her to go for long periods without material food thus the time passed swiftly until rose de flores completed her thirty-first year and then she knew that the day was not far off for the bridegroom's call what had been revealed to her even as a child about her death was that she would not live to be thirty-two and that she would die on st bartholomew's day the friends of her childhood and her parents had always known that she had a strong devotion to this apostle but they never knew the reason now when the year sixteen seventeen began rose felt a singular calm and peace of heart at the thought that she would so soon be called to enjoy in reality that heavenly union of which she had been allowed a mystical foretaste in the midst of her sufferings it is said that when this her last lent upon earth began she prepared her sharp couch for the last time with extraordinary joy and the love of god burnt with such ever-increasing ardor in her during these closing months of her life that it was always breaking forth in burning words and expressions that she could not restrain several miraculous incidents marked the approach of the saint's death of which a few may be told throughout her last lent a little bird with a ravishingly sweet note used to come every evening at sunset and perch on a tree close to rose's room directly she gave the signal which was a short hymn of her own composition challenging the bird to a sort of holy contest in singing the due praises of god the little creature poured forth a rapturous volume of sound rising higher and higher but ever sweeter and sweeter in pitch till it stopped for rose to take her turn thus the two sang alternately the saint proclaiming the goodness of her maker in inspired language and the bird taking her up with its wordless music till rose dismissed it when it flew away as if satisfied with its work to appear the next evening on april fifteenth in this year a miracle was worked at the damascus house 
which seemed to be granted in response to the intense fervor of their holy guest's love of god she was praying in front of a favorite picture of our lord in their oratory which was only sometimes uncovered when she burst forth into one of her most vehement raptures of divine love rising from her knees and darting towards the picture as if unable to contain herself and uttering burning expressions of longings as the love of god might spread over the whole world marie de massa and two of her daughters were there but went to another room when they saw the saint in such an ecstasy of prayer not to disturb her however one of the girls soon came back and she and rose were together witnesses of an extraordinary sweat which broke out over the face of our lord in the painting and rolled down it in large drops the heads of the family were called and sent for the painter of the picture to see if he could account in any natural way for the phenomenon but he said it was inexplicable theologians were called in and every step taken to test the liquid on the canvas but the mystery remained insoluble it was pronounced an undoubted miracle rose assured her hosts who were made very unhappy by a dread lest the wonderful occurrence should be a sign of god's anger for some unknown crime committed in their house that it had been worked by god simply as a token to all who might hear of it of how intensely he thirsts for the love of mankind the reality of this miracle was further attested by the fact that a sponge which had been used to wipe off the miraculous sweat which went on for some hours notwithstanding all attempts to dry it cured saint rose herself of the effects of a bad fall she had which seriously hurt her arm another picture in the same oratory of the infant jesus made miraculous signs of acceptance of the saint's prayers poured out before it and to complete the tale of wonders that happened as signs of her death st catherine worked a miracle in answer to her request by suddenly curing a terrible attack of gout in her hand which prevented rose from taking her usual part in decorating her favorite image for the yearly procession as the time came closer when she knew that her departure would take place rose told her old friends that she would die in their house and she entreated marie de massa for their old friendship's sake and for love of our lord to allow no stranger to touch her body after death but to help her mother in laying her out and further to help her in her last moments by not letting her be refused a drop of water to moisten her throat which she miraculously foresaw would be parched with a burning thirst it may easily be guessed that her friend heavy-hearted at the thought of losing her gladly gave both promises at the end of july a day or two before the time when her last illness was to begin rose went to take leave of her beloved cell and marie de flores who was in the garden and within earshot unknown to the saint was astonished at hearing a marvelously sweet flood of song come forth from the hermitage window a shiver passed through her as she listened for she found that it was her beloved daughter setting up to god and saint dominic in one of her impassioned rhythmic improvisations an earnest entreaty to support her mother through the trial of her loss three days later the poor mother knew that this had been rose's swan song it was on july thirty one in the night that the saint having gone to her little room in her ordinary state was taken sick unto death and her last illness from beginning to end was just what her whole life had been only in an intensified form sharp suffering in every part of her body the illness began with an extraordinary seizure for which there appeared to be no cause in which her limbs were stiffened and her whole appearance that of a person just departing she said herself that she wanted only the heavenly physician and wished to be left on the floor where they found her but to this marie de massa would naturally not consent she insisted on putting her into a bed and sent for her mother at once 
and in the early morning for doctors and for her confessor her state is described by her biographers was a really terrible one and seems to have had in it some mysterious lightness to that of our lord on the cross when in obedience to the priest at her side she tried to describe it to the doctors it was with great effort that she spoke and she acknowledged that though she knew she deserved it all she had never known the human body could suffer so many things at once she said she felt as if a red-hot ball was rolling in her temples her whole body was pierced with a burning rod and a fiery dagger was fixed at her side the blows of a hammer seemed to strike her head and every limb to suffer a special torment of its own and moreover her bones felt as if gradually crumbling away while their marrow was burnt to a cinder the doctors could simply believe her own statement for there was no outward appearance to confirm it at least for some time rose lay in the state for a week her suffering greatly added to by the well-meant but most trying attentions of her poor mother who hoping to find out something in her symptoms that doctors remedies might assuage kept plying her with questions as to her sensations whilst all that she herself longed for was to be left alone with her god on august sixth feast of the transfiguration complaints of a natural kind began to attack the saint first she was gradually paralyzed in every bodily power except her speech so as to become quite unable to move and after that pneumonia asthma and pleurisy attacked her followed by pains in her stomach gout in her foot and lastly by inflammatory fever the burning thirst she had foreseen set in with full rigor but the soothing of it that she had begged from her friend was denied her after all for the doctors imagining it to be dangerous for the fever to let her drink strictly forbade a drop of moisture to pass her lips and marie de massa had reluctantly to refuse her entreaties for it rose therefore took refuge in her anguish by uniting her pains with the thirst of christ on the cross in short god seemed to gather into one all the separate sufferings that his beloved servant had endured through life that he might add the finishing touch to her purification by heaping them on her in their full weight and at the same time he granted her a mysterious power of joy in the midst of suffering that perhaps placed her soul in a more perfect state of union with her divine lord than she had ever attained before rose of st mary's death agony lasted over three weeks throughout the whole of it there was not only no murmur of impatience but the most perfect outward serenity thought for others acknowledgment of her own sinfulness and loving praise of god as she had been a voluntary victim for others through life so now she lay a sweetly passive one in the hour of death she was absolutely certain that her divine spouse would give her grace to bear whatever he saw fit to lay upon her and he justified her confidence he granted her to the only thing she asked for herself about her illness that the pains in her head might never reach the point of numbing her intellect she kept her consciousness to the very last though she had hardly an hour's sleep through the whole terrible time when the eve of st bartholomew came rose told her weeping friends that now she was going to die and she begged them to fetch her father who had all this time been kept at home by illness saying that her soul could not go happily to its creator until the author of her earthly being had blessed her so they fetched poor casper and carried him to his daughter's bedside where as well as he could for sobs he gave the desired blessing and she begged for her mother's and afterwards for that of the damasses whom she called her second parents she took a specially affectionate farewell of her friend's two youngest girls and in touching words entreated them to fear god and always to honor and obey their parents before this time she received the last sacraments with such joy 
that she fell into an ecstasy after her last communion and looked when she was anointed as if her triumph was being celebrated she confessed herself a most unworthy daughter of st dominic but begged to have her white scapular placed before her eyes as a reminder to the end of the standard under which she was to die as she had lived she had moved the whole household of damasa to tears by her sweet humility in calling all the servants begging their pardon for the trouble she had been and asking them to bear patiently with her a little longer as the evening wore on rose saw her mother crying bitterly gazing on her with a tender expression of sympathy she said aloud o lord i put her into thy hands strengthen and support her and let not her heart be broken by her trouble so the mother who had been the saint's first earthly care through life had her last human thought before death for now at last the end came at eight o'clock rose said i shall die in four hours and begged her old friend father lorenzana to give her the last blessing before he left her which he had to do for the night office when midnight drew near she begged one of her brothers not ferdinand who was abroad to take away the mattress and pillows of her bed that she might die in the wood like her redeemer he did as she asked and a sweet smile from the dying saint rewarded him she begged for a blessed candle made the sign of the cross raised her eyes to heaven and distinctly said jesus jesus be with me and quietly gave up her soul to god thus died rose of saint mary as the clocks striking twelve announced the feast of saint bartholomew her last prayer for her mother was instantly answered for the moment marie de flores had watched her daughter's last breath she had to go hastily into the next room to conceal from the bystanders not her grief but a flood of supernatural joy that suddenly filled her soul End of chapter twelve